1: Brentford signed England under 19 international miles per Harris from Chelsea for a fee roughly probably around about 1.5 million maybe about 2 million pounds on a four-year deal um we're trying to scratching around trying to find information about miles and uh to be honest you there's not as much information as we like but we thought let's go straight to the source Joe Tweedy from the London is Blue podcast knows a lot about miles and he'll be giving us the lowdown. Joe how you doing
3: yeah really well mate thank you for having me on looking forward to uh, chatting about uh, miles today
1: yeah, no, Miles. So Mars, Per Harris. I mean, the thing about it is that the first thing that we know is, I mean, Chelsea. We've had a uh, you know a few players come out of Chelsea, the uh, Josh Buketrons and and players like that. But generally, Chelsea has been a ground where we've had a we've had a good relationship with. But you know, when it comes to sort of kind of signing the, the sort of kind of a few marquee signings like your Tammy Abraham's, leaving like your Mason Mounts and Casey Palmer hasn't quite happened for Brentford. So interesting, like you know, Mars Per Harris has been signed for us recently, but. So normally, like I said to you, if you sign players, they go to our B team. But this looks like a straight A team signing. You know, now I've seen his contracts run down. uh, But for me, it's hard to say whether or not he was like a highly rated Chelsea player or a player that they thought, tell you something, let's just let him go. So so can you tell us a little bit more what type of player he was?
3: Yeah, sure, of course. Um, I think in regards to his contract situation, Chelsea have had a, a group of youngsters recently that... I think many people who, are, who sort of have an interest in academy football would have quite liked to have seen sign extensions and possibly get opportunities sort of in the first team in the near future. And I, I definitely think Miles was was part of that group. Um, seems to be sort of a growing trend now when you look at sort of the, the kind of the Jadon Sancho kind of moves that, that a lot of young players are sort of taking their careers sort of into their hands a lot earlier. Um, and I think for Miles, certainly being a West London boy that a move to Brentford for him probably was something where he felt he could sort of make an immediate impact sort of in the first team in terms of sort of a a play style. I think the, the Thomas Frank kind of sort of summed him up quite nicely that he, he's probably sort of a a player that's going to sort of groom uh, or be groomed into kind of a box to box number eight Um, at Chelsea's uh, Academy. He was incredibly prolific in terms of his, his sort of output. If you look at sort of his, his kind of the sort of minutes he played, he's roughly about 32 games for in the past sort of two seasons, you know, this is a guy who scored 18 goals and got 11 assists from midfield, which, you know, is a pretty decent return. So it gives you kind of an idea of the sort of player that he is. Um, a very, I think, creative central midfielder, somebody who is incredibly technically gifted, um, has that kind of unique combination of being very sort of physically uh, robust. I think he's about 6'2", uh, maybe 6'3", sort of pushing in, in, in that sort of direction, but has the, the footwork of a, of a much smaller midfielder. And I think, again, when when you start to see him play, that sort of technical ability is the first thing that stands out. Um, you know, he's got a great ability to play on the half turn. He's got a great ability to to uh, attack the box, whether he's he's dribbling or whether it's the timing of his runs. Um, and for a midfielder, he does have uh, sort of an uncanny ability to to finish particularly well. So, you know, somebody I think at the moment who you probably classify as an attack minded central midfielder um, I think the, the the one downside, and this is maybe something that applies to the majority of Chelsea academy products, because they play in such a a sort of ball dominant and possession dominant uh, team from from when they're young through to sort of the 23s etc, that they rarely sort of have to play um, too defensive in games, and and that other side of the game which I, I know was also kind of brought out in in one of the interviews that I read. Um, that is probably the part of the game that he will now need to learn how to how to defend how to defend in space tracking runners um these are things that unfortunately Chelsea's academy players rarely get to do in the academy you know FA youth cup winners and UEFA youth league winners and generally the quality of players around them means that they they rarely have to defend that much maybe a handful of times per season so when we're looking at sort of weaknesses i think that is that is probably an area that he needs to have uh, experience in, get minutes in and learn sort of the the system there but should also say that, you know, he's not somebody who is shy of attack or he's not somebody who who is sort of incapable of defending and only wants to play one way. It's more just a, a product of, of Chelsea's academy system. So ultimately, I think you're getting a player who has, I think, a ton of of, of attacking quality, particularly his ability to, to carry the ball and beat players in, in central areas. Um, and he's he's particularly good at sort of one and two touch play in congested areas as well. Um, Somebody with an eye for a goal, somebody who has got that sort of quality in the final third to pick a nice pass, um, good vision, all, all those sorts of qualities that you would you would want from a player. Um, it's just a question, I think, of how quickly he adapts to playing regularly against adults on a weekly basis. And then, as I sort of mentioned, uh, the kind of defensive side of the game as well. He's going to have to defend more um, than, than he's sort of used to. And it's about sort of, I think, how quickly he learns the, the defensive patterns and, and how uh, Frank wants him to, to play in that position. It's interesting you say that
1: because <clears throat> Josh De Silva, he came from Arsenal um, he was a very, very highly rated Arsenal Academy player as well. And like I said to you, and, I, and I've, I've said this, you know, for quite a few times, when he came to Brentford, I mean, I spoke to Rob Rowan, um, who was the, 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 the technical director at the time, you know, who brought him into the club. And he was so excited about him. He said, this player is going to be a top, top, top player, but he's not quite ready yet. He also came to us injured, but he said to us, but if we can get, actually get him onto his game, he's going to be a top, top player. Um, like I said, two months later, I spoke to Thomas Frank, and 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 Josh De Silva was actually, you know, part of the squad, and I was, you know, obviously hearing what Rob Brown had said, and I said to him, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's Josh, is Josh going to play? And uh, he said, no, no, he's not going to play yet. And I said, when are you going to get him in? He said, he's not ready yet. He said, defensively, he's not ready. So again, it it seems to be one of these things which may be sort of kind of a very typical of players who come out of the under 23s in, in in a lot of Premier League teams, whereas uh, because they're not playing. Uh, I don't want to say proper games, but they're playing full-on games, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if you put them on on loan, you put them down into the lower leagues, put them into the championship, the first, second division, all of a sudden, they have to start playing a more rounded game you know it's great doing all your attacking stuff as well but all of a sudden if you're playing against scunthorpe you know and they're coming out there and they're actually kicking you to bits you need to um actually kind of get used to that and also getting how to do the defensive stuff so thomas frank is a a manager who's who's massive on actually trying to get his players to play in an all-round style so this defensive side of things are very very important to him so it seems to him that also that um miles is going to be very similar so to to me, it sounds like obviously he's not a an immediate starter, and especially as he's going to be playing as you know as, as a number eight. You know whether or not it's going to be Matthias Jensen's position. You know he's a player that you know we're actually going to be looking to develop over a period of time. Is that is that what your thoughts are as well?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think you've, you're probably looking at somebody who. If you have the sort of defensive legs around him, you could probably see him playing fairly early. Maybe it's sort of the more, uh, sort of like the number 10 in sort of 4-3 four, uh, four in kind of midfield, that sort of more attack-minded player. Um I wouldn't say necessarily that he is he's sort of poor defensively Chelsea do press and counter press in in the younger age groups and he certainly is is good at it. I think as you're saying though it's that adjustment to to playing against adults who as you say it's not uh, this sort of standard academy football where everybody wants to play the perfect kind of way and, and it's sort of all passing patterns and um, there's, I think, certainly going to be a lot more of a physical um, edge that he's going to need to sort of adjust to. And I think the only other thing as well to sort of mention is that he did have a, a few sort of injury issues through his time over the past two seasons. And that's probably linked to this enormous growth spurt that you had. So in terms of sort of easing him in and playing him sort of you know weekly, 90 minutes, et cetera, I would imagine that uh, the, the coaching staff will look at trying to integrate him over the first sort of half of the season, uh, depending on how he sort of takes and, and depending how, as you say, he makes those adjustments defensively. He could be somebody that features sort of prominently in the second half of the season, but it's going to be one of those things where I think he needs to, first of all, kind of get more comfortable uh, from a physical standpoint, you know, those sort of injuries that I, I mentioned did keep him out of a, a couple of games. I, I think he had like a maybe four or five inch growth spurt. He used to be this sort of 5'9", five, 5'10", five, stocky sort of 16 year old. And then two years later, he's sort of 6'2". And, you know, it's it's I think affected his game a tiny bit in terms of, of progression. So making sure physically that he's ready, obviously the physical side of the adult game is going to be a big thing for him. Um, but yeah, I, I think somebody probably that I would imagine second half of, of the season for Brentford that he should... Um, If his career sort of continues on the trajectory that his talent maybe dictates, he should, I think, be able to start sort of featuring a bit more regularly. But wouldn't surprise me if he's used as sort of an impact sub, maybe somebody to come on uh, and sort of change the game, add a little bit more of an attacking impetus from midfield. Um, But I I don't see him starting maybe until sort of the second part of his his, uh, season with, with Brentford. And that's interesting as well, because another player that we just
1: bought in recently, Frank Onyeka from uh, FC Michelin as well. And, you know, talking to the fans over in Denmark about what he brings to the game. And they talked about him also being a a box-to-box player as well. But what they're saying about him is that, you know, he's also a, a CDM. As well as a box-to-box player, he also can play attacking. But he's really, really high intensity. He doesn't stop for 90 minutes. And also, his pressing game is unbelievable. So maybe there might be a situation where you've got these two players playing you know, yeah. with each other or alongside each other, where you know, they're actually complementing each other's skills.
3: Yeah I, th- I think so yeah I mean in in terms of in terms of how he sort of played for, for Chelsea's academy um you know you've got a guy who he's played in a double pivot he's played in a midfield 3 and he's played every single position as well that's sort of one of the strengths of of Chelsea's kind of academy system is that if you are a midfielder you have games where you play as sort of a number 6 you play as a number 8 you play as a number 10 with sort of different roles and responsibilities and they ro- rotate quite frequently um He's linked up incredibly well with with Lewis Bate, who was sort of more of a, a kind of a, a sort of, I suppose, a deep-lying playmaker in Chelsea's academy. Linked well with Tino Andrin, who's a, another sort of promising central midfielder that, we, that we've produced. But I think his relationship and his ability to build chemistry with those around him is actually pretty important. Um, you know, he is, I think... Probably one of the, certainly one of the sort of better one and two touch players that we've produced when it comes to sort of keeping the ball tempo uh, high and sort of moving possession and trying to sort of dictate things around midfield. So I think his ability to to play with a, a kind of more of a defined, maybe high energy number six, um, sort of somebody in that sort of defensive midfield position, I think probably will benefit his game early. Then maybe he doesn't have to be as... Um, kind of defensively switched, not not necessarily switched on, but maybe his defensive game doesn't have to be as, as well-rounded because he maybe has that sort of safety blanket behind him. So again, if, if that is a, a situation where you have a high-quality holding player behind him, that also could mean that, that given his, I think maybe his upside with the ball in possession and what he adds to the attack, you could see him uh, maybe playing a little bit sooner because you have that safety net behind. It's interesting because...
1: I mean, as Brentford fans, we've been, you know, it's the first time we've got to the Premier League and to that, that higher echelons of the football ladder. But before that, we've always been in lower leagues. And, and what we did see is that, you know, there was a time when Chelsea obviously loan out loads and loads and loads of players. We see those players come down to our, you know, let me say loads and loads, but they see them come down to our leagues and some of them do really well. Some of them do not so well. Few players, like I said to you, that we were, you know, we were in for that we tried to get. You know, uh, Casey Palmer is a player that I said that we were after at one stage, but you know, I think the loan fee was too high for us, and you know, at that stage, Brentford couldn't afford to get them as well. But also, we've seen players who are, have flourished when they've come down to the, to, as we call it, the lower divisions, like Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount as well. We've also had Tamari as well, who, like I said, was Derby, and they've 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 flourished. Even players like Connor Gallagher as well, you know, who's who's come down there, who did really well for I think it was Charlton as well before he we moved on. Um, so it's interesting because we see these players. And sometimes you think, you know, would it be nice to get these Chelsea players on loan? But the fact is, we know that we can't necessarily afford them if they actually do very well. So it's interesting to see a Chelsea player now actually come to us and he's actually our own player. But the question I ask is that where do he see almost like sit in the ranking compared to these other mm-hmm. players who went to championship player teams, went on loan and then they moved on? There and therefore, because I know Tammy was really highly rated when he moved to loan, on loan to you know to to to, to Aston Villa
3: and to the, to the
1: other club. So I'm just wondering where he sits.
3: Yeah, I think the the parallel to Conor Gallagher is is probably quite an apt one. Um, Connor is maybe the mirror image of, of Miles in that he probably is a bit better defensively. I think Miles is is probably a lot better going forward. So I think that that is quite a good comparison in terms of in terms of talent. I think Gallagher did well, certainly for, for West Brom in, in portions of last season before they went a bit sort of off the rails. But I think that is a, a good comparison. Um, I think maybe if you're looking at sort of upper echelon, maybe Mason Mount and, and Tamori and probably Mark Gurhi are probably the sort of three outstanding talents that we saw deployed in the Championship. I think Miles maybe because he's he's been a bit more in, well maybe he's been more injured than them. Um, He's probably just a level below them. I put him in terms of in terms of the comparison there. I think it would have been interesting to see him play in the championship, particularly for a team like Brentford, who actually sort of like to play decent football. You know, sort of build through the thirds and actually, you know, there is a a real kind of philosophy behind the the game model there. And I think actually having him um, maybe a season earlier would have set him up probably better for for Premier League football. However, I, I do think that when I think about his his potential ceiling, his sort of quality that he can add at the moment. Um, I do see uh the 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 Connor Gallagher is probably as probably as the best comparison. So you're probably getting in a, a player in terms of of that sort of level of ability. And as I say, he's kind of the mirror of Connor, and that I think Connor is a bit more aggressive and a bit more defensive minded. Um whereas Miles I think is is going to give you a lot more sort of when it comes to, to sort of pushing forward and, and and attacking. Um so yeah, maybe he's he's just a notch below sort of the the Tammies and the Masons and, and, and the Tamoris. Um but uh yeah, I think again, he is a player that certainly again people that uh that watch Chelsea's Academy and have an interest in it wanted him to sign a new contract and, and did feel that he had um in maybe two, three seasons an opportunity to come and actually compete and, and see if he could, could sort of fit into the first team squad. So very highly rated. Um, similar to some of the players that you've mentioned, um, I do think the one big difference with him, and just sort of reiterate, is I think he has he's a lot more natural in the attacking uh, sort of final third than some of the other players we've had, and I include Mason Mount in that as well. I think Miles just has a bit more of a natural sense of of timing of his runs to get on the end of, of cutbacks and crosses, and he's got a little bit more of an eye for uh, for a pass as well. So. Kind of, you know, he, I think he's, he's in good company with some of those players that you mentioned. Um, but I do think he is a, he is a talent, yeah. Okay. I mean, that sounds really promising. I mean, I think the big
1: question for, for us and for me as a Bees fan and what Bees fans want to know out there is we're in the Premier League now. Ideally, we want to finish uh, what's it, 17th in the Premier League at least next season or higher. OK, so there's certain things that we need to do. There's certain players that we need to bring into the fold to make sure that we do that and then make sure that they can grow with us uh, you know in the, in the following seasons so the big question for me and for a lot of Bees fans is that what will he bring to Brentford and will you know what he brings and also whatever else that we might be doing enough to compete and keep ourselves in the Premier League
3: yeah it's a good question um I think the word that I would describe is I think he, he would bring dynamism to the midfield. And I think that's the way that I look at him as as a player. Um, lots of academy footballers these days want to play very neat and tidy. It's very lateral. It's very safe in terms of possession. You know, it's about sort of circulating the ball. It's not necessarily about being the player that wants to take ownership and wants to try and dictate and, and maybe drive with the ball and actually create something. So I think when I look at Miles, he's kind of the, the sort of antithesis of this sort of modern academy player and that he actually wants to get on the ball. He wants to be someone who's dictating play. He wants to be somebody who, who gets lots of touches. So I think in terms of what he he adds to, to, to Brentford is that I think he'll give you a, a sort of very kind of dynamic and creative um, sort of influence from, from central midfield. I think he's fearless and that he wants to get on the ball often. You know, he'll he'll play in tight spaces. He'll play under pressure. Um, And I think, again, the the fact that he has sort of taken his his career in his in in his own hands as a sort of a very early stage, um, I think should be a positive and should be seen as somebody who has got a lot of confidence in their ability as well. So while I do think that certainly he will probably be drip fed into the into the team in terms of opportunities and getting him adjusted. I do think certainly when it comes to maybe that that sort of second half of the season, if he can adjust and and acclimatize to the, the tactical demands of, of what Frank is is asking him to do, that you, you have a player who has, I think, all, all of sort of the physical gifts that you would want out of a central midfielder in terms of size and athleticism, but he has the the intelligence he has the intelligence and I think also the the attacking sort of acumen certainly when it comes to to, to finding sort of um, free balls and nice kind of little cute passes in the final third, he's got a great shot on him. So I think actually when it comes to looking at staying up, you know, he is somebody who can give you goals from midfields. He can give you assists from midfield. He is a creative player, but I, I think it's certainly when you factor in his physical talents as well, somebody that I think is, is a little bit unique. I mean, we've we we we've kind of produced Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Tino Andrian and Miles Park-Harris in terms of sort of physically gifted, but very technically savvy um, central midfielder so you have somebody who I think if he's if he sort of continues to develop at the rate that I think Chelsea fans had expected second half of the season you could be looking at having one of the more sort of talented young sort of English prospects in in the Premier League um, and I think again that the main thing when you're looking to survive it's about people that can can impact the game that can can turn draws into wins that can turn you know sort of losses into draws and give you points his ability to score goals his ability to create I think those qualities, I think when you're looking at, at how other teams maybe have struggled historically when they've come up, having somebody who could be that sort of player from midfield rather than just relying on your, on your front three, having somebody from midfield who has that ability to score, uh, has that ability to, to create, I think that could be the sort of the difference maker and maybe where Brentford fans can, can look to him as, as somebody who can contribute to, to them staying up.
1: And also, I mean, and that's really interesting. And, and we've talked about this a lot about having goals from all over the pitch. Very, 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 very important for Brentford. A couple of seasons ago, we we had that a lot where we were scoring goals all across our front three as well, as well as the midfield with Joshua Silva. So this is quite exciting for us. But obviously, we've be talking a lot about Miles Harris here as well. But talking about Brentford more as a team because the fact is that you know it's not all about one player it's about a team it's about the squad it's about the setup as well i'm just wondering from your perspective I mean you know quite a lot about Brentford you know what your thoughts are because a lot of teams jump into the Premier League and they they fluff it basically you know Fulham they go up they spend a lot of money they come down I had to get that one in and they come down and they they don't do the business you know West Brom again it's quite similar I'm just wondering for for, from your perspective you know from your eyes uh, which isn't rose tinted like my glasses like you know (laughs) how do you think Brentford will fare in the Premier League with players like Miles, but also whatever else we're doing
3: yeah, I mean, I, I used to live in Denmark for four years, so I'm very familiar with Michelin and sort of what was the the process from, from Benham and, and others over there to sort of create this um, club that's sort of able to compete with the likes of FC Copenhagen and Brombeau and other clubs in, in Denmark as well. So I think that the major difference that I see with Brentford coming up is that they have, I think, an infinitely more talented and, and, and better run um, set of executives and people who actually run the club, and that stability as you mentioned I'll dig out Fulham as well because why not you know when you look at Fulham and and see how they've been run and 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 sort of the overspending and the commitments to to players uh QPR have been the same when they've been in in the league as well i think the foundation that you come up with seems to be um from my perspective at least infinitely stronger than than some clubs we've seen come up people kind of gamble with that premier league money they go out I and mean, they make a load of obscene signings who don't fit the philosophy who don't necessarily fit the playing style um are sort of talented players but there's not real consideration given into um, sort of how that would affect the squad, how that affects the the, the ability for the manager to sort of conduct the, the tactical framework that he wants to. Whereas I look at sort of Brentford and I see certainly just as an indication of Pot Harris, but sort of the other players that I've seen signed as well, there seems to be a lot more of a plan and there seems to be a lot more of a uh, sort of holistic approach in terms of recruitment, in terms of the, the managerial input, in terms of the director of football, in terms of how everything is run. And I think from that from that perspective alone, the foundation that you come up with that that should be i think the thing that gives brentford fans confidence because you're not you're not overleveraging you're not overspending you're not throwing you know 20 30 40 million pound players at the the manager who maybe doesn't necessarily want them um and again i think from a from a footballing standpoint looking more sort of at the the tactical and technical side of things brentford played at least certainly when i saw them last season they play a premier league standard and play a premier league style of football um, so I think again, when you look at some teams that come up who maybe were a little bit more kind of robust and maybe agrarian in their approach, they went straight back down. I'm looking at teams like Derby, for example, that have come up as as either playoff winners or, or they've won the, the championship or come second or whatever. Um, you know, the the descent to, to being relegated very quickly because that sort of kick and rush football doesn't work. I think on the con- you know on sort of on the converse there, you're, your style of football, the way that you play, the way that you approach the game. I think actually that is going to be one of those uh, things that, again, sort of works in your favour. You'll, you'll probably be one of the better footballing teams in the league. Um, and I think, again, when we look at teams that have come up and had success recently, it's been those teams that have had a sort of identifiable playing style. Um, they've tried to to keep the ball in the deck, They've tried to build through the thirds. They've tried to play a slightly more technical or, or refined sort of style of play. And with, and with that sort of combination of, uh, as I say, kind of, I think, very, very good leadership, a very good fa- financial foundation, a very good foundation for the club, plus a, a manager who has a, I think, an identifiable playing style that is probably very correlated to, to to success in the Premier League. And that success may be relative, as you say, but I certainly think it, it's it's... It correlates to a team that has every opportunity to, to sort of stay up and actually stay in the Premier League for a significant period of time. Looking at teams like Wolves who come up, and obviously they maybe went a bit different and spent a ton of money, but they had a playing style, they had a way of playing, they had a, a system, they had, I think, a very good tactical foundation. And then when that was married with the investment that they made, um, yes, it might be slightly more extreme in terms of the amount of money that was invested, but those parallels I see with with Brentford, they have a identifiable playing style, they have, I think, a good set of players um, Very good, a very, very, very good coach. And I think in terms of Benham and his leadership, you've got one of the the, the better um, owners, certainly when it comes to to the Premier League. So while everything scales and everything is relative, you know, if you're looking at that 17th place finish, I think certainly that Brentford have every opportunity to finish there or or higher. Um, Again, depending on how some of the new signings fit in, you've you've added quality um, sort of through the the different kind of uh, portions of the team as well. You have goal scorers, you have guys who can make a difference um yes you know we obviously would we need to see them adapt to the Premier League and playing Premier League quality opposition regularly but I think everything that I've said certainly when it comes to the playing style and the playing side of things coupled with the the sort of executive or the corporate side of things it, it certainly gives me I think every I'd say every confidence that I think Brentford should have the ability to, to stay up the season and maybe actually I think as you said probably surprise a few people along the way OK, well, listen, Joe, that's been absolutely brilliant. And
1: you've ended up on a, on a really high note as well there for Beast fans. So I'm going to start touching wood after that. <laughs> Fingers crossed <laughs> it's going to come that way. But listen, it's really good. No doubt I'm going to catch up with you more as the season goes on, because uh, you'll be able to give us a little bit more information on what's going on in this, this new Premier League that we're not quite used to. But listen, <laughs> it's been great chatting to you today, Joe, and I'll catch up with you soon.
3: Yeah, appreciate it, Billy. Take care and I'll speak to you in a, in a bit as well.